Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Dr. Supercoach podcast. You're on once again with Cheezo. Round eight is in the rear view mirror, and who better to talk us through the trials and tribulations that we've just experienced and will experience in the next couple of weeks. It's Pistol. The waves are rocky, mate. How are you going to be uh, going in the next couple of weeks? You've been hit by this turbulence? <laughs> I have a little bit with uh, the Houston early injury and sub, but outside of that, it was a smooth sailing week for me. I was pretty happy trading in Aaron Hall um, last week and, you know, reaping the benefits of, of that, you know, risky trade. But Chizo, I think everyone should be looking to you as the pilot to, to navigate us at the moment. You have had a sneaky good month, really. And uh, have I? you want to let, yeah, to let, let the audience know how, how you went this week and what your rank is. Uh, so ranked 273, which is the highest I've uh, ever been ranked, uh, purely and simply from people tripping over themselves, I think. I, um, <laughs> I, I, would, I, would, I don't want to take too much credit for it. Uh, my slow and steady wins the race approach. Um, what did I get? 2,339 this week, which had me at uh, 485th for the round, which is my second rank inside of the top 500 for the year. So uh, 22 re- trades remaining going into this week, Pistol. I'm, I'm reasonably happy with that. That's um, huge. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think the, the main strategy that I've used is just not um, 
sometimes it's the trades that you don't make that end up being the most impactful. And I think there was absolutely the potential last week to make a second trade. And I only made the uh, uh, the single trade last week, and I think that's going to hold me in good stead for the uh, the coming up rounds. I've already got some trades lined up and uh, some plans in place, and just hoping things fall my way. Hope the the dominoes, uh, which are our players at this point, uh, just fall in the the right order. You are on track for a very good finish. Um, not too far behind you at the moment, but definitely a lot less trades, and I might need them given who I've been trading in with Houston. What's that thing that's like uh, the objects in the rearview mirror maybe smaller than they appear? That, that's what I'm seeing right now, Pistol. I don't, I, don't, I don't know how many ranks behind you are. I think it's, uh, what is it, 40-odd ranks, but it just seems so far. It's just a bridge too far, I think, mate. Yeah, 314th for myself, a 2295. You, you jumped me the last round, but who knows what will happen. Actually, you know, I'm not, I'm not even going to pretend I'm going to jump you this week. I'm probably going to be eating a donut <laughs> down back, most likely. So Crispy. Yeah, Crispy Cream. My, my yep. first one uh, since my accidental gone on the bench with no emergency in 2019. <laughs> do, do we, have you made it known what your donation schedule is going to be with your, these donuts that have starting to accrue? Oh, jeez, it's terrifying we- <laughs> going into the, these buys currently with no plan. Do we need to get you bench. set up on a payment plan? <laughs> yeah, might have to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, uh, we've had some uh, big moves in terms of the rankings uh, this week. Sam Bill Bombers from Patreon and Slack is still number one. I think we have five inside of the top ten pistol, which is just crazy to think of. Oh, absolutely insane to think that five patrons would be in the top 10 already at this stage that is like the greatest thing that i've ever heard of um just yeah unbelievable just give them a quick shout out sample bombers pocket dogs uh team damien maintain the rage super coach mama all doing fantastically well and then in the uh general doctor super coach group there is also um lovsky fc makes it in as well so we've uh tenuous links to at least six of the top 10 which is just incredible. Yeah, and obviously Supercoach Mama getting into the top 10 on Mother's Day, which is pretty exciting for, for M. Hey, we do have some Patreon shout-outs, speaking of uh, uh, our lovely members, uh, that have joined in the past week. We've got Jordan Dice, Sam Crispy, Wombat Willies, uh, Lord and Bergenson, Lachlan Bergenson, I apologise, uh, Pete Goodwin, Bernie, Damian Maher, uh, Sim72 and Adam Jacoby. So thank you for joining up. If you do want to join us, you can find us over at patreon.com forward slash Dr. Supercoach uh, to get amongst the chat in Slack Pistol. And I believe we do also have some uh, donations for dumb things. There were a couple of donations this week. First up, uh, we have Benny Buzzboys. He said, last week, 10 league wins. I went whack. All the donuts are gone and I'm back. Now a sponsor's on board. <laughs> gone gone to that hair that i hoard with a manscaping back sack and oh i said the wrong order (laughs) (laughs) i was gonna not say sack and then i accidentally said it so you get nervous when benny donates don't you i I get so nervous as soon as i i don't pre-read them i really should every week i say that and then i realize (laughs) as i'm going i'm like oh no where is this going and trying to work out the rhyme in advance um centralic recruits has the most challenging supercoach year for a while Thanks for the ongoing advice. Keep up the good work. Thank you, Centrelink Recruits. Um, Anthony Biscara says, Donuts have been the theme for me over the last two weeks. Polished off a box of 12 Krispy Kreme donuts. Choosing not to trade this week and copying both the Luke Ryan and Heath Chapman donuts this week. I'm not sure why you would 
cop the Heath Chapman donut, but all right. Hopefully improve your team overall. Scott says, for fielding Robertson over Scott and losing my league matchup. I so, mean, surely you would back yourself in there, Scott, and field yourself. <laughs> yes, probably. <laughs> um, that's a bit rough. Thank you for donating, though. That feels more like bad luck than like doing something stupid. Mm. Um TP says, what is life but a meme? But you, Pistol, you are a dream. You picked Aaron Hall and I saw your score. I hope your meme is obscene. I had a bet with TP about uh, a head-to-head matchup this week. Um, (laughs) The sneaky little Aaron Hall pick got me over the line. So he's donated to the council for that. So appreciate it, TP. And Schnitz says, traded in Petrarca over Clary two weeks ago. Yeah, that's a fair donation. Um, Sorry, Schnitz. To, to be fair, two weeks ago, Petrarca looked amazing. Maybe he's I mean, just coasting because he amazing. signed a deal. <laughs> <laughs> Oliver's looked amazing the entire season, so probably not super fair. Don't trade in the POD for the sake of trading in the POD. Oliver's a fantastic mid-option. Very smooth reading out there, Pistol. I'm very, very happy Thank with you. that. You could also be smooth by using our code at manscaped.com. Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. They've just launched an Australia pistol, which is good news for you because I know you need one. Hey, uh, And they've released the Lawnmower 3.0, their third-generation trimmer with ceramic cutting-edge technology. Uh, You can upgrade from a rookie to a premium pistol, and when I say premium, I mean uber premium. And, you know, the waterproof technology, the clutch LED light, uh, the 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology, um, it's smooth like a cheese in trailer, let me just say, Pistol. Um, And don't forget about the the charging stand. Uh, You may not like the stand rules, Pistol, but I guarantee you love the charging stand on your lawnmower (laughs) 3.0. You can get 20% off and free shipping using code DRSC at manscaped.com. Pistol, that's 20% off free shipping. Manscaped.com and DRSC is the code to use. I love that though. So many puns, Chizo. Well done. I've got that plenty was, more. Uh... We've got we've got a little Slack competition that the best pun will win some merch. <laughs> so uh, start start submitting because uh, I've got some really good ones. You, I didn't realize until like too long into that that you were doing an ad. I was like, what what's going on here? Um, and then it was yeah. Well done. That was. Uh, Pretty funny. I, I appreciated good. some of those, except when you're commenting about my uh, need of one. Don't do that. It's just the <laughs> truth. Like, I, don't, I, I, I don't want to hide it from the listeners. No, hey. I don't know how you would know that, but yeah, okay. we're not look, in the same, same. Look after your Sharon's, mate. Look after your Sharon's. <laughs> hey, uh, we've got uh, some prize league announcement as well for uh, uh, the month of April. Uh, it was a pretty clear winner in number one for the most points accumulated in prize league. It wasn't even close. Yeah, so I did, it's funny, so I had to work out all the calculations of how many of the total points were accumulated in the month of April for everyone in the the prize league. I did all of this work to try and figure out the order, and it was for nothing. I appreciate your work, (laughs) Tristan Webster, for helping me with the numbers, but uh, Sambu Bombers won by an absolute landslide. He... To put in perspective how much he won by in the month of April, he the difference between him and second was the difference between second and 25th. It was absolutely insane. Jeez. It's the biggest gap we've ever seen um, in a monthly <laughs> in a monthly um, prize league. 
And uh, just a shout out to, we've got Sample Bombers in first. Um, the unlucky losers, we have uh, the other blackie ranking my chain, the dirty Devons, and then myself. So I just want to give myself a sneaky fourth place uh, shout out for the month, Chizo. You, you always do that. I remember that last year. Every, you were just, if you were, you know, near the mark, you'd shout three. yourself out. Uh, we've yep. also got a lucky door prize for someone from Prize League. Um, eligible for a prize is Luke Bennett. So get in touch, Luke, and we'll send out uh, your prize for the Merch. month of April. And thanks for your support, everyone. Woohoo. There we go. Okay. Almost super coach time. <laughs> Almost. Welcome to the 6 o'clock news. You're on once again with Chizo. Plenty of injuries to get through. Uh, Lockie Hunter, surgery on a broken hand. Uh, suspected to miss at least one week as per the uh, afl.com.au article. Jake Stringer out for four weeks with a hamstring, which may impact Alec Waterman. Caldwell out for the season with another high-grade hammy injury at the Bombers. Jaden Stevenson, four to six weeks with a scaphoid injury. Uh, depending on how the surgery heals, it could be longer than that. It's a very uh, uh, hard place to heal, that's for sure. Shea Bolton, two to three weeks with a broken wrist. Uh, that would be a really quick turnaround if that would be the case, two to three. Titch Edwards with a ankle injury out for the medium term may also be helping RCD in his job security. Butters looking at coming back after the buys. The word buys indicating it could even be after the entirety of the multi-buy rounds, maybe uh, round 15 and beyond, with uh, some knee uh, tenderness after his syndesmosis injury. Took Miller, one game ban, maybe impacting his uh, tagging on Zorko this week, getting a free run. Nathan Murphy from the Pies, suffering from the concussion protocol, will be missing from round 19 for those that have traded him in. Jeremy Howe, likely a season-ending surgery on his hamstring after having a further setback. Lockie Jones running again and looking to return after Ports by in round 12, looking for a downgrade option. Dan Houston, known AC joint injury that no one else knew about but Port has been struggling with it, is a wait and see for round nine, but looking hopeful. Lockie Keefe, an ACL confirmed, potentially a Jacob Ware or a Riccardi entry into the GWS side. Jeremy Finlayson, the Doge, out for one week for striking Zach Merritt off the ball. Lysett has been sent straight to the Tribunal. And Lockie Murphy, out from eight to ten weeks with a Cindy Moses. Cindy Moses is really breaking a lot of hearts this year. Back to the Dr. Supercoach Studio. Pistol, that's uh, just a little news segment from uh, those at the news desk. Uh, thanks, Chizo. Um, <laughs> we will jump into some genuine Supercoach news. Is this? Oh, let me just start it off with. We've had uh, a lot of discussion about a lot of players. I just want your p- opinion. With the rookies on the horizon in the next few weeks, is it not looking like a very good opportunity for a double downgrade this week? Your thoughts? It's a great question, Chizo. I think uh, this week we got a look, a glimpse to the future of Supercoach rookies, and the, you know, not not for this round, but the round after, and it wasn't pretty. There did not seem to be any viable rookie downgrade options available. So, therefore, if you want to keep your, I guess, cash-gen cycle going, your one-up, one-downs, obviously it's difficult to one-up and one-down this week because 
next week it leaves you a bit dry mm. uh, and unavailable to one up, one down. So this week, given there was some really good performing rookies, I think this would be a very good time to double downgrade just to get a little bit of cash that you can utilize over the next week and then see what the future holds in terms of the rookie. Don't forget, Chizo, we do have the preseason draft that is, I guess, getting closer and closer. Pre-season, of course. Mid-season draft. Therefore, we might get an influx of potentially some good rookies as well. So it's Mm. not as doom and gloom as it sounds right now. It's kind of where at this point in time where you really only want to trade in guys that you think are going to play through the buys. And if they're not going to play through the buys, you might not even want to bring them in. So it's a tough one. Yeah, it definitely is. And I I think in relation to the... Uh, rookies that we've had in probably the last month, there haven't been a whole lot that have um, generated us, you know, a stack of cash. Let's say, mm. uh, looking at the likes of McRae, maybe Ollie Henry. Basically, they're all Collingwood uh, rookies, <laughs> if, if we're totally honest. Um, I think this is the week where we finally got a couple options that we can be reasonably confident in the short to medium term term will play and will make a little bit of cash. I'm talking about, you know, uh, the the likes of RCD and Polter, these these type of players. Is that leaning you more to kind of grabbing them because of, you know, how short we've been on these rookies either side? Is that sort of summing up your thoughts? Well, Polter specifically has DPP, which is extremely helpful. Um, McRae has DPP. You know. It's not helping me much. <laughs> That's true. But you can flick him around to allow you to buy a Polter if he was you know, not in the right position. Um, so I guess it's there's worse things. But Polter looks well, like decent on the wing. The mm. problem is Collingwood have a lot of wingmen in the VFL. So he still has to continue to play well to hold his spot. But he played well. So if he can keep doing that, if Collingwood can be competitive, I think he has the potential to hold. Again, having forward eligibility right now when the forward line rookies look cactus, it's yep. not it's it's really not bad. Especially I know you just made a joke about Finlay McRae, but look honestly, if Polter gets dropped, it might be Finlay McRae coming back in the side and I know it's not ideal at all to kind of tether these players together, mm. but I'm looking at my my bench right now and there's almost no playing cover. I think I've just got McNeil yeah, that's really sad. I yeah. literally right now just have McNeil playing. Um, I wouldn't mind having a tether and just getting an extra one player on the field, Jesus. So he's definitely one of the two options I am most likely bringing in this week. Is there any like consideration to the fact that they were playing north and the game was over 10 minutes into the first quarter? Well, I mean, it's, it's Collingwood's going to lose many games. And that's putting it lightly yeah. for the rest of the that's season. What I'm I'd, I'd, that's that's probably helped in his scoring, but it's more about the role mm. that he's playing, which I like. And he's playing on one wing. I mean, Nathan Murphy was playing on one wing, Polter was playing on the other wing, and structurally, Collingwood looked quite sound. Um, I was happy more back in the back line. Um, now with that Howe news, obviously there's going to be, I guess, less flexibility um, given. You know how you think would come down back, and then more potentially might go forward, but that's I doubt is going to happen anymore. And then again, you've got Noble that looks really good off the halfback, and Quayne was doing good stuff down back. So I think the wings are the places where the Collingwood rookies can rotate in. And look, if they continue to perform, they'll continue to get games. And 
they are. So I'm looking forward to watching them the next couple of weeks. Yeah, so obviously Calipolta, uh negative 63 break-even this week, projected to go up nearly 60K uh, with a score in the mid-60s. Uh, is he your number one this week after everything's said and done? I think given the brand new news of Shea Bolton's two to three week injury. I feel like RCD now, Riley Collier Dawkins, for those that aren't aware of the acronym, I feel like he has a good three weeks minimum in the side. And then it's up to him to kind of earn his spot. It's not even like he will 100% be kicked out when um, uh, Bolton comes back in the side. I mean, Cochin's still out you know, six weeks. And then you've also got um, Titch Edwards out for medium term, which could be, you know, six weeks. So realistically, if he can get on some sort of purple patch or hot streak, I like his chances of making us some really good money. So I'm probably leaning RCD first as my number one downgrade option and Polter a, a close second. So this is an interesting thing for me. RCDC is negative 45 break-even, projected to go up uh, mid $40,000 this week, mid only for the Tigers. If we're looking at the most traded in, the top, um, the top six selections for a rookie traded in are uh, Polter, and the second one is... RCD for Goulden. So uh, it's clear that the trend is right now. There are thousands more picking um, pulled over Riley Collier Dawkins. What do you think that is? Do you think it's just the, the, the 81 points on the weekend that's just alluring people in? Uh, yes, but also, given it's two positions, you have more, more flexibility to be able to trade sure. out a forward for Poulter as well or a yep. midfielder. So you just have more options sure. to trade out. And I think I think it says a lot about the options people are able to trade out this week, Chizo. Yeah. It's slim pickings. Like, you, you don't want to go early on trading out somebody. And uh, there's, yeah, there's not too many rookies making us money. So it's a bit of a tricky situation to navigate. Sure. We should also talk on uh, some other options uh, before we get into the potential trade outs. Uh, we've got Burns from St Kilda, who has been pretty good. Ryan Burns, 123,000, negative break even of 40, projected to go up in the mid 30,000s this week. Running off the half forward, a little bit of time up and around the ball. Um, seems like a good mix of contested and uncontested kind of play. Um, it doesn't really apply a whole lot of pressure, um, but the fact that he's kind of been able to get into that side without the need for injuries, uh, etc., um, kind of makes me think that his job security is kind of just being overlooked here a little bit. He might be one of those uh, one of those unheralded rookies that you'll jump on and suddenly make a hundred k from, and you know, be like, "Wow, I'm so glad I picked this guy." He just kind of I'm tipping my hat sort of, you know, he could be one of those. He definitely could be. I My only concerns are that Saints play Geelong this week and then Bulldogs the following week. I'm anticipating two heavy losses. Mm. And if that's the case, there will be changes in the side. And I know he, he didn't really come in, you know, at someone else's expense. But if they're going to play around with their team structure and try and do things a little bit differently... He might be the one to to make way. So he really needs to get through the next two weeks. If they had an easy fixture, though, I would potentially even pick him number one yeah, out of sure. the two of those. So it is. It's a close trio. It's not like yeah. I, I think it, it's you're probably okay if you are getting all three of them. Let's say you went RCD early, Chizo. I think you can get away with getting both Burns and also uh, Poulter. 
Yeah. And probably the fourth one that sits on the list of guys that um, you may consider bringing in this week is Matthew Owies from the uh, from the Blues. Negative break even of 42. He's also $123,900. He's forward only, uh, projected to go up in the mid-30K range this week as well. He's only fourth on the list. Uh, he's passed the eye test. He looks like a, a really good and reasonable option. The problem is... You know, in any other week, he probably would have been higher. But the fact that he's relying, he's so reliant on goals. I think he's kicked five, maybe six goals in the two weeks that he's played, and he's averaging in the fifties. So, you know, what happens that week that he kicks one or none? Um, we we could see, you know, a, another row situation. So, uh, I do like the look of uh, the mid. RCD and Burns as well as the DPP Calipolter ahead of uh, of him at this stage. Um, and I think my probably, if I was to rank them, I'd go RCDC, uh, Poulter, Burns and always for me this week. Pistol, you? Yeah, no, the same here. I think that's pretty stock standard. I think we also um, brushed over the, uh, the fact that Titch Edwards who's been uh, spending some time in the midfield, as well as Shea Bolton, uh, are both out for at, at least uh, two to three weeks. So as a centre-bounce midfielder that's already forced his way into the side, that's probably why I've got him as number one. Let's talk about some players that we do want to you maybe look at getting out of our side. We've got the, the, the one school of thought where you could cash in some of these uh, really appreciative um, rookies in the likes of Jordan. Um, or do we? is this the stage where we're just trying to cull... A lot of these, you know, dead weight rookies, someone like a Sam Berry pistol. What's your thoughts? Yeah, so this is tough. I think uh, if you have Chapman like I do still, it's a pretty easy trade out. So that okay. one's the, a big tick. Berry, uh, he's he's not really scoring high enough to make much more money. And not just that, they've got a really tough draw. So I think Berry, for me, if I had him still, he would be one to make way this week. And I'm, I'm pretty comfortable with those two guys. Then it gets a little bit, tricky Chizo because I see Gordon being traded out and I, I've spoken last week about well now it felt like longer but um it was actually on the Patreon podcast so it wasn't on, <laughs> on this podcast last week Keep Sydney's draw <laughs> Sydney's draw coming up is exceptionally good so given their five run draw being you know all the bottom teams basically I don't mind if you do have to hold on to a Gordon or a Warner type I think both of them should score better than they have been scoring, uh, given I expect Swans to win probably, honestly, all five of their next matches. So Campbell, if you... The problem with Campbell is he's not getting games, right? So I'm I'm a Campbell owner myself, and if he's Mm. not named this week, I probably will just sacrifice him because he's not getting selected. If he is selected, I probably would consider holding him just because of that run coming up, and I think that is someone that's got, you know, potentially good scoring potential how do you how do you see the three sydney boys are they long-term holds for you or are you looking to get rid of some of them chiso uh as someone that is getting rid of the third and final one this week <laughs> um yeah oh, wow. <laughs> it, it's, you, you got rid of warner already got rid of warner got rid of golden getting okay, rid of wow. campbell um i want to get rid of lloyd for mills because wow i got that wrong i thought mills would be a 100 <laughs> average midfield this year um uh, there's two schools of thought, and I tended to lean towards that Sydney as a whole were slowing down, and as a consequence, not getting as much of the super coach pie, and the rookies were the first ones to suffer in their performance in that sort of aspect. And I didn't want to have a Goulden at 
whatever he topped out at 330k and end up cashing him in at 250 after he has a five round average of 40. Um, obviously an over exaggeration. If I was to keep any of the three, it'd be Warner because of that forward um, eligibility. And he's playing. Campbell's not playing. Um, yep. Because there is so much insecurity around our forward line players, we're having so many injuries and we can't be super confident who's going to be a, a decent premium. He gives you some on-field security and he's not going to lose a whole bunch of cash and you know up until his buy, which is round 14 pistol. So um, you've probably got another four weeks where you probably cash him in around the 300k mark but you're getting those points on field and it gives you that opportunity to kind of isolate that forward that you do want to swap him through i think at this stage right now it's really hard to pick a forward we all you know an iron off a 400k dusty but if he's still got that foot injury pistol we can't go near him right so um i think of the three he would be the one that i'll be holding um i think i saw a change in gordon's role between the first two rounds in that he just standing away from the congestion a little bit and so the ball doesn't tend to go to him and that was just something I wasn't super keen with so I was happy to move him on when I needed an option at that week well definitely uh contrasting thoughts there so take take talk to me what no as in I had said before I, I, I like the draw I, if he's named, I would like to keep over. Oh, come on. Golden, I think yeah, That's is, like saying um, you want to keep Highmore if he's named. I do want to keep Highmore if he's named. <laughs> <laughs> of course we're going to keep these guys if they're named. But like, we're, no, we're, Camp, Campbell's on my last. He's, if he's not named this week, I'm trading him out. But yeah. um, Golden, I guess a discussion then would be Powell is getting traded out of a lot of teams. Um, his no. break-even now, Chizo is 56. He plays Hawthorne, which is a fantastic matchup. So it would be negative Realistically, next week. Yeah, potentially. <laughs> realistically, given his current price of 381k, I can see why people are trading him out. They, in their opinion, he only would have you know 20k max more to go. So they figure I'll jump on someone who's potentially underpriced, like Titch or Jelly or whoever they're trading him to, um, to you know try and save some money. What, what how do you feel about trading Powell out this week. I've got that, that reaction from you and I can see your face right now. I know the audience can't, but I'd like to see, uh, I'd like to know your, your thoughts going through your head. Uh, I'd like to take uh, terrible moves for $300. Um, he's had one score below 73 since round one. It's round nine. You know, like th- this is sort of along the lines of thinking as Warner as well. Not only does he have cash to make and you know, what's his, let me just check his five-round average. Five-round average of 88. So he's probably going to reach his break-even of 56. He's still got a little bit of, a little bit more cash to make. But not only that, is he such a reliable scorer on field? I, I think the, the reason that people might be trading out Powell at this particular stage is that I think with the likes of RCDC and Burns, uh, and even a, a Poulter in some respect, is that they're looking, they're, they need a midfielder to trade out. They're looking at the, the Brockmans on the bench, the Campbells, the McRae's, these kind of guys that, you know, haven't, they're barely like kind of tradable in terms of cash generation. And so they're looking at him and saying, if I trade power this week and get a rookie, who can I upgrade? And I think that's the wrong, yep. way, to, the wrong way to think about it. Um, we should be looking at the guys that um, 
uh, above 200 uh, 200k that are, are really kind of topping out and and so you know next week you could be looking at like a, a James Rowe as the, as the week to cash out if you still do have him because um, he'll be priced around 240 250 which is probably on the button of his uh, performance yep. and so I'd be looking at, at at that area and keep that scoring power on field because if you get rid of power who's a five round average nearly 90 and then you bring in someone that's just scored in the 40s last week and say RCDC on your field and he goes 40s again, you, you've cashed in that money, but you're losing 30 points from that rookie on field. So uh, Powell is probably one I would hesitate at trading at any point before his buy because he has the buy yep. in round 12. So if you can hold him for three weeks, if he's about the same amount of money, all you've done is gained points on field, and I think that's the right move. It's It's pretty clear that we'd want to downgrade our bench and upgrade our field and I think this week there might be some false, I'm going to call it false hope in mm. the scoring potential of the rookies. I think Collingwood won and Poulter scored well. Yep. And I think RCD, there's the hope that he scores well because his role is really good. But I'm, I'm not taking any of that as guaranteed mm-hmm. facts. And I definitely am not planning on playing them or feel comfortable playing them directly on my field. Oh, I'm looping I the heck I, out of them. Yeah, I, I would be looping them as well. I, I think... People that are trading Powell and they're trading... I've seen a lot of double moves of Warner and Powell out. Mm. And I think, geez, as you said, robbing Peter to pay Paul there. I understand you're getting in maybe 110 premium because you're blowing all your cash, but you're also bringing someone on your field that might be scoring 40s. So it's not... The increase of the premium might end up breaking even with the decrease of the rookie scoring. I can can see the appeal of trading out Powell. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. It's just... For my play style, I look at the buys as well and I look at my bench and I think, how am I going to get 18 plays every week? Well, I don't want to trade necessarily out my good scoring rookies that have good job security. I would like to keep Powell, if I can, until like round 13, maybe round 14 if I have to, just to be able to get 18 solid scoring players on my field. Powell's really the last guy that I want to trade out. That being said, if he puts in a stinker and completely ruins his break-even, I'll trade him out next week. Yep. You know, if he puts in a 40 yep. and his break-even becomes 100, he, he's gone for me next week. So it can change you know, like instantly within another another week's notice. But right now with the information that we have, as you rightly said, Chizo, he's basically not put a foot wrong <laughs> in the last five rounds. He's got a five-round low of 73. So yeah. I feel comfortable given his draw of Hawthorne, Essendon, St. Kilda, and then by, mm. I feel quite... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
comfortable playing him on the field. So yeah. for me, that that is a no. Um, same as James Jordan's just basically taking his game every week. He's, he's almost getting better yep. right now. So I, I don't really want to trade him either. Rising star I too. Think, I think uh, McCreary is priced at 199k. The issue is he just put in an absolute stinker, and that's unfortunate. And I hope we persist with playing him because he's definitely the best small forward that we have in our side. But the problem is we're not going to win many games, and I hope he didn't just blow his opportunity of you know that one big score because he's capable of putting in. I think, you know, one big score at least for the year and kickstarting his cash generation just because he gets goals, he gets tackles, um, and he's that sort of player. But it's very possibly puts him another thirty point score next week. And if that's the case, his cash generation is almost all but done. So I think um there definitely would be some people that are considering culling him a little bit early for Paul Turner. I don't really know how strongly I feel about that move either, mm. because you're trading somebody who should have good job security for somebody who has worse job security. And when we're approaching the buyers, that doesn't seem like a decision I would personally like to make. Um, Chizo, two last things before we change segment. I know we've talked a lot about the oh, I've got I've got more in-depth to go before we, oh my we change subjects, subjects, mate. Well, Kazi is also very highly traded out. Mm-hmm. I get it. His break-even is 60. He's basically only scored above that uh, like three times this season and two of them were just above 60 and one was 104. So you are selling him at his peak price. I just want to mention he's playing North Melbourne in Tassie at the same stadium he scored 104 against Adelaide Mm. a couple of weeks back. If you have to hold on to a rookie for an extra week, I don't really feel too uncomfortable about playing Cozzy on field this week. Yeah. Just because it's such a good matchup. And you know what? Next week he's got Carlton. The week after that, Gold Coast. It's There's worse things. I don't think we're going to see a Tex Walker situation where he's going to drop by you know, 80K in the next couple of weeks, mm. even though he's at a nice price. I think he's more likely to just hover, and then you've got to sell him at the right time. So... He's not an urgent trade-out for me this week. I'm, I'm happy to keep him on field. Not that I've got a choice because of Houston and Murphy, but he's definitely someone I feel okay with having on the field, Chizo. Well, uh, we got this question asked in Slack just to go back to the pie situation. Um, do you feel more comfortable having the lot of them or having none of them? Like, cause the pie? The, the, the pies. As in the, oh, the, pies. Collingwood. Collingwood. In the question that you... Um, you know, if you've got about the tethering, yeah. If you've got two or three of them, uh, you know the the chances of at least one of them playing in in any given week. Let's say you've got like I don't know McCreary, Henry, Poulter, and McRae all could potentially be in your forward line. You could probably find one or two of them that are playing on any given week. Is there is there any credence to that, or you would just be <laughs> ca- cashing in and just kind of predicting the one that might be getting games going forward and being Poulter? In, in optimal gameplay, you, you want to pick a full team of playing players and you want to have your bench of all playing players and tethering two players where only one is likely to be selected is not a super great strategy because mm-hmm. you're sacrificing a position where other people would have an all-playing bench. However, in this season where people have no playing bench, even having one or two people is really good, in which case tethering becomes far more successful and uh, I guess 
doesn't harm your team as much as it would in other seasons by sacrificing, you know, some of those bench slots by having the McCreary, Poulter, McRae, Oliver Henry, it's, it's Nathan Murphy. Oh my God, there's so many Collingwood players at this price. Right. It's is crazy. It, is it Rusko going pretty well? He had 30 touches or nah. something in the in the VFL. No, no, that Bianco. Bianco, um, that's right. Sorry. He probably needs a couple more weeks at VFL, but he's going to come in before the buyers. I'm quite certain, mm. and he's going to be a rookie that I want to get in my side as well. Mm-hmm. So there's another Collingwood mid-defender coming through that's most likely going to want. You've just got to be really careful about overloading on the round 14, Chizu, because yeah. all these players have the round 14 buy. Yeah. So you have to be really careful yeah. about how many you bring in, given we already are struggling to have playing players mm. to even fill our bench. Um the buyers are going to take a lot of people by surprise this season, I think, Chaser. Yeah, but just because we have that uh, dearth of options on the bench. Hey, I, I do want to go the next level with you. I know we kind of keep these for the, the Patreon stuff, but if you had enough cash to do one up, one down this week, would you do that or would you do a, a double downgrade and just explain your thoughts on why you might do one over the other? So it's a good question. I think this week it, it's viable... So I like the two rookies that are on offer this week, so I feel more comfortable downgrading. If you are in a position where you need to upgrade either for a league win or for overall and you're just definitely trying to keep pushing and play aggressively, you can do a one-up, one-down this week, but I feel like there's that break glass in case of emergency play where you've got Flynn on your bench and you can downgrade him to Tracy at any point in time Mm. and that might be next week that people run out of options and he's the only way to generate cash. So I feel like it's reasonable to one up, one down and then break the glass next week and cash out Flynn. It's not something I'm aiming to do but I can definitely see it being viable for you know most people this week because I feel like on the cards this round... Aaron Hall is still, you know, 419,000, which is very cheap and people would I think overall probably are willing to take the risk on him at that price. Um or you've got, you know, Darcy Moore who's put in three mammoth scores playing down back before I went forward and wrecked his price. He's like 365k as well and some people are looking there. There's other premium options. You've got Titch, you've got Jelly that people are looking at personally. I would stay away um, from some of those guys, if not both of those guys right now until we have a bit more data. But there's definitely cut price premium options that people are looking towards. And it's likely that at least one of them goes up more in price than one of the rookies that we're trading in this week, in which case it's, you know, you're making money by bringing in one of those guys instead of bringing in a rookie, Chizo. Okay, so yeah, we're kind of combined the next segment as well. Um, but you're sort of fence sitting, and I'd love to. I'd love to know exactly what your thoughts are in that. Um, we get that it's all team dependent, but I'm telling you, you've got 150k in the bank, and you could grab, you know, a mid uh, to high 400s k player. We're talking the halls. We're talking the dusties. Um, these kind of guys. Are you still doing the double ground downgrade? And uh, are you valuing the quality of the rookies we have this week over the quality of, say, Hall with his new role, taking kick-ins, averaging above thirty dis- uh, disposals when he's been in that position, uh, sort of being like a text scenario where we just want to ride that train up, get the points, get the cash, cash him out when he starts to decline or has a role change? 
we, you know, what? How far are the scales tipped? Are they sixty forty, seventy thirty? In which direction? <laughs> That's it's a great question. Uh, I, know, I understand. I'm putting you under the pump here. There's think, no right answer. Like I, I, I just genuinely trying to break this down in as many possible ways, many angles that we can come at it and, and attack it from that maybe someone hasn't thought about. Yeah, honestly, I think it comes down to haul, regardless of what other premium options yep. you're looking at this week. I think. He's the guy that can price you out, whereas no one else that you're going to get is going to really price you mm. out this week. So if you don't like Hall, then I would double downgrade and say that very strongly yep. as my recommendation. Yep. And he's the only one that I think is worth one up, one downing to. I don't think any other premium is worth one up, one down to, given the death of rookies yes. you know, coming up um, on the horizon. So... It's just an Aaron Hall factor for me. Mm-hmm. I think if we want to discuss him a little bit more in detail, because some people are going to be like, what the hell are you guys talking yeah. about, Aaron You got Hall, laughed out is. of slack. I had to add you back into general. <laughs> Look, no one was really taking it seriously, so I wasn't pushing it um, because it's difficult when no one's taking you seriously. But um, I've watched Aaron Hall this season, unfortunately, watched too many North Melbourne games. And <laughs> when he moved down back in round four against Adelaide, he looks unbelievable. And he got 34 touches, 133 super coach points. I watched him again to see what his role would be like um, against Geelong. And he got KO'd just after quarter time. I'm pretty sure it was and finished on 37 points. He had a really good quarter. I think it was eight touches and a goal off the top of my head as well. Mm. Um Watched him, he missed the week, watched him in round seven against Melbourne, running off the the halfback again. Um, another 33 touches, but only 106 points. And obviously against Collingwood, I watched the game, 37 touches, 113 points. I mean, those disposal numbers, running off the halfback, taking kickouts, taking at least one shot on goal per game, which is the handball around the back and he has a ping from outside 50, which he is good at. He's everything I wanted Jaden Short to be. At the beginning of the season, yeah. like the reason I picked Jaden, wanted to pick Jaden Short, I didn't end up doing it, was for all the reasons I'm watching Aaron Hall do for North Melbourne. Yeah, like he he's got the optimal halfback flank role, so why wouldn't I bring him in when I think his scoring potential is so high? I think honestly, in that role, he's capable of averaging 110. The issues I have with him being Aaron Hall and not Jaden Short is. Aaron Hall is ridiculously injury prone. Mm. He gets injured almost every season. And motivation He's already prone been, too. He, he missed round one. He was a sub in round two. He's got injured in round five, missed round six. <laughs> like He is so injury prone. Yep. And then on top of that, you got Luke McDonald coming back in 10 weeks. I know 10 weeks is most of the season, Chizo, but mm. very realistically, Luke McDonald, who won the best and fairest, in a very, very similar role that Hall is currently playing. Hall could get pushed back into... He's so versatile. They might put him on the wing. They might put him at half forward. Then he loses his role. Yeah. And then what? Then you got six weeks at the end of the season where he's averaging 70. Yeah. Well, So, yeah. He, he's played six That's- rounds. He's been injured twice. So, the, the, injury, the injury risk is real. But let me just throw some numbers at you. Round four, 133 points. He had 25 kicks, eight handballs six marks. Round seven, he had 25 kicks, eight handballs, 12 marks. And in the, the the round just gone, he's had 30 kicks, eight marks. So if we're looking at those numbers, that is just absolutely screaming outlet option. They're exactly what you're talking about. The, the thing that stands out to me, he's had 
33, 33, and 37 disposals in the games that he's played well. And he's averaging kind of 115 out of those three games. Is there yeah. any concern that he needs to average very close yes. to 40 disposals to break the ton? <laughs> is, it, is, is there any potential that um, we do this pick and he becomes like a 105 average when it all, it's all said and done? Is there any risk of that? Or, or, or do you really see this? If he has this role for the next two months, he's pretty much a 110 based on how he's playing. Because that, that's sort of what it's looking like to me. You know, I think the injury risk is more real than him averaging 100 in this role. Yeah, so it's a great question. And I do think he needs a lot of touches to score well just because a lot of those touches are sideways or you know little handballs backwards or whatever it might be. But I just mentioned this, Hawthorne S in the next two as well. I'm more worried about St. Kilda in round 11 because Geary is meant to be back. I'm worried they roll a forward tag mm. and, and, and actually tag Hall because if he's going to be averaging mid-30 touches per game, a tag is going to come, you'd imagine, at some point. So if that happens, it could absolutely destroy him as a pick because I, I can't imagine he's going to deal with a tag well. It doesn't quite seem like the player that would deal with attention well. So it's definitely a concern, but I think at least in my play style, my risk-reward play style, when I see a guy at 419K in a forward line where all the premium options are bad, and I think, wow, this guy's got potential to average 110, then I'm like, oh, well, I'm just going to roll the dice. Yeah. 110, that, that's massive. It's not like I'm rolling a dice on someone going 95. Yeah. Like I'm talking he could be the number two forward behind Jay-Z yep. from here on out for the rest they of the year. They just kick it to each other. <laughs> they do. They really do. So I'm like, ah, oh, if he gets injured, fine. He, he might even make me 100K if he doesn't get injured in the next week or two. You know, It only takes three or four weeks and it's going to be above 500K. Mm. So... I'm I'm willing to roll the dice. I'm getting I got a rookie off the field. I got Rowe off the field. I was looping Rowe and Waterman, and now I got one of them off the field to have Hall. Like that feels like a big upgrade. Yeah. In my side, Chiso. So for me, I want to take that risk. I am very aware that it is very risky, and there are way more safe picks, and there's way safer ways to play the game. And if you are already low on trades. It's not something I would super highly recommend just because of the potential for it to stop you from finishing your team at the end of the day mm. is right there. But, you know, on the other hand, if you want to, you know, guns are blazing, go for it. He's your guy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with pretty much everything you're saying. I, I think that the one thing that I do want to cap off this conversation about Aaron Hall is that the same people that told me that Tex was going to be a keeper are the same people telling me that Hall's going to be a keeper. I think in both scenarios, you have to go into the situation considering him to be a loner or someone that you will have for a period of time and when the tide turns, the role changes, he gets injured... You've got that trade that you've allocated for him, that you've saved, stashed away, knowing you have to use on him or plan to have to use on him, and you use it. You have a, you have an an out strategy. If he ends up being a season long keeper, averaging 110 in this role, it's going to be incredibly surprising, precedent setting, but also awesome. But you can't go in with that mindset. You have to go in with that being the 
the best outcome, not the most realistic one. I think that's important to say because the the same people that are saying Tex is going to be a keeper and they're going to hold him way too long and he's going to be 380k before they cash him out are the same people talking about Hall in the same way. And um, I get that they're different players for different reasons in the same line at different prices at different times of the year, but I still think there are similarities between the two pistol. I don't don't paint us all the same brush. I'd never consider Tex a keeper, no matter what he's scoring. No, the same people that are telling me that that Tex is was a keeper when they were bringing him in to start the year. Oh, he's he's back. He's going to average a hundred for the year. I think. Yeah, no, I, I think I know what you mean. Yeah, you can't go in with that mindset. Um, hey, mate, we have talked about the rookies. We talked about the um, double downgrade or the one up, one down with Hall this week. We said in previous weeks, Titch and Jelly are going to be right for the picking when they show form. Titch has shown form. Jelly's had a couple weeks of midfield. He had 30 touches on the weekend for a 110-plus score. They are showing form. I think the situations that we've got to deal with otherwise allow us to really easily say, I'm just going to wait a week. I'm going to take a breath, get another look at him, make sure that it's a real deal before we consider um, making moves like that. Deep breath. Titch has North Melbourne. I'm thinking, I'm sitting here. Oh, get him in. What am I going to learn? No, isn't like, what am I going to learn? Am I going to say, okay, if, if Titch goes 110 this week, I'm going to bring him in. What, disposals? Like, I, yeah, <laughs> you might. It's it, like, I'm expecting him to go 110 against North Melbourne. So it's I'm not really learning anything from the game. It's more, I'm not looking at his score. I'm more looking at his tackles, um, his contested possessions, stuff that has been lacking in the last couple of rounds. I think that's kind of my trigger for Titch, mm. it's 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 tough, Chizo. It's really tough. I mean, he had 41 touches to go 147, um, 17 contested, which is kind of the numbers that I wanted to see. Only four tackles still, which is still unders, yeah. in my opinion. Faster game, maybe making it harder for him to get the 10 that he used to used to get. Uh, maybe. I, I, I'm I'm not sold on Titch being back. I know he's a nice price, and if you can get him, I don't think he will let you down. I still think even Titch at his worst case is still like a hundred average, and his best case yeah. is like a hundred and twenty. So he's going to get. I totally get Turner, it. Kane Turner tag this week too, by the way. If he does, it's I'd say it's likely, depending on if uh, keeping the yeah, just forty touches, Joms back or whatever it might be. But look. I, I don't mind it. I'll say, like, that's fine. If you want to do that, I don't think that's a, a bad... I wouldn't say it's a bad move at all. I think it's totally fine. Mm. Jelly, on the other hand, probably a little bit of a different story I, for I'm me. not sure I, I should yeah, ask he played your in the midfield. on this one. Yeah, probably well, what's not. What's the saying? Rose-coloured glasses or something like that? Rose-tinted <laughs> things? It is. It's Jelly in the midfield. He hadn't played in the midfield pretty much a whole season except the wing in the last two rounds, but actually on the ball mm. in this round. Looked really good. He was disgusting in the round, in, in third quarter against us too. He was just sick. <laughs> I, I was I watching just, him going, oh, is, is he back? <laughs> if if you think he will play in the midfield for the rest of the season, you should definitely pick him up at this price. Mm. Like that is a unbelievable price for an unbelievable player. However, if you're like me and are either terrified of him just moving back to a half forward flank or you've been burned before and you're like, I'm off him. Like they can't, I can't trust him. My trust is completely broken. 
I don't think it's bad to leave him either. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely think there's two ways to play this one, Chiso. What are your thoughts? Uh, I'm very much in the same boat. I'm looking at these guys as potential, you know, 115 plus averages at a price of 100 or just over 100. So um, I, I'm definitely keep a keen eye on them. I'm going to be looking at getting them um, a few weeks down the track when I've seen a little bit more exposed form. Yeah, I might have to pay an extra 50K for them, but that, you know, that's the price uh, I'd have to, I'm happy to pay to make sure that I'm, I'm picking. Um, not picking a dud, so to speak, as there's so many yep. other options in the in the midfield. I don't have Walsh, I don't have Steele, so I've got plenty of options to kind of look through um, too. So uh, definitely prioritising the rookies and and or Hall this week. So uh, we might move into uh, the next one, um, which is I want to talk about uh, Freddie. He obviously was the sub, put up a score of a 20 or something like that. Uh, I've been getting a couple of questions on t- uh, on Twitter this week that if he's named back in the side, are we considering him? Uh, is his, his price generation, uh, his cash generation stunted because of that 20? Um, pistol for me, I think this is a really quick one. I think with that 20 and his rolling average, it's still going to be there by his buy even if he played the next three rounds. Um, and that's just going to stunt his cash gen so much that um, if you needed a playing player and he's picked, I could see the argument where we've got Lockie Jones coming back. Uh, he's not going to appreciate much at all in the next uh, two to three weeks. I think it's an easy pass and, and, and focus on the other rookies that we've talked about. Yep. Agree. Cool. Easy pass. All right, mate. We're getting some questions about what do we do with Joey Danaher? When is the right time to cash in? How long do we hold? Um, it's an interesting one, Pistol, because it can go, uh, I guess, one of two ways. You either sell him or you don't. There's not many other choices. Um, <laughs> I guess you could loan him out for a short position. Hey, I think for me, the way that he's been going, we kind of just hold him until he has a score that kills his break even. I think it's as simple as that. That's exactly how I would do it. Just If he puts in a stinker, you can sell him when he's about to lose money or just hold him to the buy. He's scoring unbelievably well, that second ruck roll. Is doing suiting him for really him, well. So, yeah, just hold him. Yeah, pistol. Strangely, we've gotten through all of our listed content on the run sheet in less than an hour. Do you want to just? How's your day going? No, I've got more. Oh, worry, oh, I've mate, got, uh, mate, I got plenty is, of. Stuff. Is this secret stuff? Secret stuff a, you didn't a mention. Of secret stuff. All right, all right. No, pistol I, is now the host. I, everyone, I, I, sit back and enjoy. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking the lock out of my chair so I can lean back. Hit me. I, I wanted to quickly discuss Dusty in a little bit more detail and when you thought was the time to buy he's got a break even of uh, to buy I said Bry I'm not even sure what I'm saying Uh, he's got a break even too many bees yeah exactly (laughs) this is why I'm not the host he's got a break even of 159 points uh, against you know he's got GWS this week with a yeah expected price fall of you know 40k Mm. odd down to 400,000 He then kind of bottoms out at with a break even of 107. So you could probably wait another week to get another look at him and miss the avoid the Brisbane game. Yeah. I guess my question is, when's the time to jump on him? Because I know people jumped on him last mm-hmm. week, and now we're kind of a bit worried about him. What's your opinion? I'm very, very much looking at getting him in. I think. Um Firstly, it's a coverage strategy for the 60 to 70% that already own him. And he does this every year around the buys. He hits a lull and then comes back home in the in, in the back half. Um, I think the thing that's standing out for me 
is not necessarily that he's had a few poor games in a row. He's got a, a five-round average in the 70s. It's that lingering um, foot issue that they, you know, just briefly brushed past. They're like, oh, he's got a foot issue too, so it's going to give him a, a nice week off. The th- that's the thing that stands out for me. Is he actually hampered physically in some way that would mean he can't get to his explosive uh, best or he's going to spend some more time up forward? Um, and, and if that's the case... I think it's just as easy as just watching him hover in the low 400s until we start seeing him pass the eye test. I think that's the most important yeah. thing to me, that I'm watching the game. And um, obviously, uh, Tigers are in prime time, so I tend to watch most of the Tigers games as opposed to other clubs. Once he passes the eye test is when I'm going to be like, okay, cool, what's his break-even? What's he looking like this week? Okay, I, this is the week to jump on. Um I'm sort of projecting him into my future trades in the next three, four weeks in terms of wanting to pick him up and finish off my forward line. But I'm going to have to see him pass the eye test before that happens. Yep. Yep. I think you're right. It looks like he's sore. It look, it look, he doesn't look right. No. There's so something. I don't it want seems to like early. there's something there, right? Yeah. So I don't want to jump early. I think... If you had gun to your head, you had to pick an, an option. I think round 11 against Adelaide at the MCG is probably the danger game for non-owners. Yep. So if he looks okay against Brisbane, I'm probably targeting him in that round 11 against Adelaide. I think that is you know, leading into Essendon at the G the next round. I feel like if he's going to step up and have some big games, it might be from that point onwards. And there is the temptation to take him on all season and go for that, you know, reverse POD type situation. Mm. As you said, he's in most of the top teams. You know, he's in, he, he peaks at in seventy percent of teams, um, and now he's got a five round average of like seventy three points. So I can understand trying to avoid it, but the problem is, like the forwards are so poor that you kind of you have to pick someone. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to pick the guy that's not going to destroy my rank because either everyone else has him or if he you know starts doing really well i don't want to get left behind you are you're sitting quite comfortably mm. you know in the top 250 uh i definitely don't think it's a necessarily bad decision to pick him up at his lowest price point you know finish off with an f6 and if you're lucky given you've got 22 trades yep. you might even be able to squeeze him into your, your F7 and use them as a some sort of coverage between F7 and M9. Yeah, with all the money I'm going to get from uh, Finlay McRae. <laughs> um, it's interesting that you talk about that he's going to have the uh, the big game in round 11 um, against Adelaide. That's exactly when I'm looking at getting him in. Um, you know, I, I'm very conservative with the projections that I think I'm getting. I think he, what's what they're projecting him, he's going to be around, he's going to score another 60 this week. He's, he's yeah, projected to score I, 67. I Oh, man, the the Supercoach projections are just on something sometimes. Um, I always tend to kind of project the price drops based on the sort of average score that I think that they are valued at. Um, So using a score of about 100, um, I'm seeing in the next fortnight he's going to bottom out. If he passes the eye test, I want to get him before um, he has that uh, the the big game at the MCG against Adelaide in round 11. So he's is absolutely in my trade plans for anyone in uh, rivalry league that's coming up against me. Um, and yeah, I think it's as simple as that. Passes the eye test, everything's looking good. He's got a good run. Uh, he's going to bottom out round 10, round 11, around there, uh, depending on how well he goes this week. Um, reverse POD. I, th- I think all the boxes are aligning. You can't really go wrong with Dusty. I don't think we're going to see a 70, re- a 70 average for the remainder of the season. 
All right, Cheezo, I'm going to throw the last question at you here. Captain C's. Yes. I know it's your favorite favorite question of the round. Who are you looking at as your VCs and Cs for this round? Um, I'm going to be really, really bland and boring, Pistol, is that I have just been going... Shocking. Just been going uh, <laughs> Zeebel uh, into Merit all year. Um, <laughs> Grundy into Gorn worked perfectly last week. Unfortunately, when the uh, the Supercoach scores tend to freeze with about five minutes to go, it's hard to predict what the um, the the scores are going to actually end up on because there's no way Grundy got 13 points of scaling with like 200 left to go. Um, so it was just unfortunate for me that I, I thought he would finish about the 120, 121 mark um, based yep. on the points remaining. So I chose Gorn, which I thought, you know, I, I used the, uh, I like your strategy of if they've scored less than the average of the player that you're considering, that you can go with that one. So um, I think a lot of people went with Gorn last week and they're just, even in, you know, they didn't have, Amazing games on the weekend. There was nothing kind of, um, ex, ex, I don't know what the word is. They were just good. They were just fine. They just ticked just along. Ticked yeah. along. And like, if their floor is you know the teens or the low one twenties, you know, I'm I'm more than happy to bank that than end up with um, you know, it's the sleep at night factor for me. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I, this is a ten second question. I don't know why I'm dragging it out. <laughs> Over, we're over the hour mark. Yes, did it. Look, Chizo, I think uh, Hickey is good, and Hickey's going to give Grundy a bath, which is hilarious. I just really want to say that on the podcast. So I'm kind of tempted, knowing I've got Gorn right at the end of the round against Pitney. I'm thinking I might go with either Jay Z or Ooh, Hall. I like that this week. Uh, Hawthorne are. Let's just say, watching their forward 50 entries, I can foresee a lot of intercept marks for Jay-Z mm. this yep. round. So, he's somebody that I definitely have my my eye on. I know it, it kind of didn't work last week, even though he got 111. Um, I think this is a good round for him to bounce back. So, yeah, I will strongly consider one of the North That's Melbourne players point. and... There's not many other players I would look at outside of the Ruckman and North Melbourne players this week. Yeah, I, I, I do I do agree with that. Uh, you're not really considering um, the doggies against Port Adelaide at Adelaide Oval. That seems like it's going to be a pretty tough matchup for them. Yeah, you just don't know which way it's going to go. And if there's any blowouts, you don't want to be on the wrong side yeah, of it. So, right. I mean, Titch as well, you mentioned the turn tag. So that's kind of, if that happens, I don't want to be there. And then you, the rest of the players play too late in the rounds like um a, a walsh you can't do because he plays at the same time as gone you can't really do a zeret um i guess you could kind of do jack steel but again if it's a blowout you don't want to be on the wrong yeah. side of it so there's just the options that i like and not quite there so i guess if you had like a um guthrie maybe he would be okay as a vc mm. but I, I, he's a pretty big pod um, Lions has been scoring well. You definitely oh, your could boy. consider him. In the Q clash. <laughs> I don't know if I can claim him this year. It was only last year because I don't own him no, this year. I, you get you own him for as long as you want. Once you give up on him, then someone else can claim him. It's a one-term ownership thing. I, I, I'm sad that I didn't start him in the end. Uh, yeah, I went with a couple of other players. <laughs> Jelly. Um, <laughs> instead, at the same price point. Oh, so I can't claim anything. You'd be top 10 by now, wouldn't you? <laughs> I, don't want to, I don't want to do the maths I know you've calculated it Mr. Computer Man 
All right. Any- All right. I think that about wraps us up, yeah, Cheezo. Yeah, it's been a lovely chat. I reckon this is uh, this is probably a 145, maybe 146 from us. I hope you've had the VC on this episode because it's been uh, an absolute crushing one. I've been really, really happy to, to talk some super coach with you when I'm not half asleep for those that listened to the Patreon-only uh, episode last week. Look, it was good. We only we managed to get through the first twenty minutes of ads, and uh, yeah, we finally finally finished it off. If you've got any questions, you can find us on Twitter. You can find myself at pistol underscore disc cheeso at cheeso with a z underscore disc jb at jb underscore disc, and our Twitter is doctor underscore sc. And don't forget, you can use code drsc at manscape.com and. Uh clean yourself up thanks for talking pistol thanks for listening community we will catch you in the next episode have a good week imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt now imagine them getting even softer over time that's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.